Hi everyone, and welcome to the Rocky River Naya Methodist Podcast. And um, for this one, it's just going to be me. Paul is gone for the week, and um, I just decided to do kind of maybe a short little podcast here and, and looking at um, the topic with Help Me With My Unbelief. And uh, I just really hope that this um, talk will be beneficial to those who are listening. And I just want to thank everyone who's listened to these podcasts. It just means so much to Paul and I. Um, but what we really seek and hope is that these podcasts have been strengthening and encouraging your faith. And then those who may not know Jesus, we pray that um, that these podcasts are introducing you to the Savior. And hopefully you make that decision to follow him with your life. Um, but we do these podcasts um, for, for everyone listening. We do it for your benefit. And uh, we just thank you so much for listening. So this week, again, like I said, Paul's not going to be on. And I know Paul has such a great radio voice, <laughs> so. Uh, but don't worry, um, Paul will be back, be back on next week, and um, I'm really excited about the um, the conversations that we have planned next. Um, and also, we just a kind of a heads up and a hint, we have interviews also planned next, um, where people are going to come and talk about their stories. So I'm just really excited about those as well. Um, all right, so without further ado, let's jump into our lesson. So we're going to be reading. Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 29. So if you have a Bible, um, it'd be great. I would encourage you to open it up, or if you have an app, like I use my app a lot. (laughs) Um, Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 29. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder, and they ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? he asked. The man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son, who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He he foams at the mouth, gashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him, and when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell on the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately the father's, father's, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me, with my, help me overcome my unbelief. Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene. He rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, This kind can can come out only by prayer. Now in the story um, about Jesus, 
the disciples and this father um, gives us an interesting perspective when it comes to understanding our unbelief. All right. So I believe many Christians who hold to the truth of scripture, many Christians who hold to Christ as their savior struggle with unbelief. I believe we we all do from time to time struggle with unbelief and sometimes it lasts much longer than we may expect and sometimes it's deeper than we may expect um, and this is myself included sometimes you just struggle with unbelief and i'm sure we have all heard of stories of those who struggle with it so much so much that they give up on their faith altogether and no longer truly believe the bible and no longer follow christ now some of us haven't gone that far but we still have doubts that tend to pop up, if we're honest. And I also want to make clear that having doubts isn't a bad thing. As a matter of fact, I believe it's a good thing. To have doubts implies that you are trying to live out your faith, but have questions with it. Doubts can cause us to do two things, right? Two things. It can bring us closer to God as we seek out the answers to, or the answer or the reason for our doubts or it can take us away from God when we believe that doubts are more real than God himself. I like to think of it this way. Imagine you're in all a dark room, completely pitch black, but you know in this room is a door. So if you're doubting, but you're exercising in a way to figure out what the problem is you're exercising in a way to seek out answers you reach out your hand into the darkness of that room looking for the door handle and you know the door handles there you know the door handle will open the door and reveal the light but if you you think the other way around and you're in the room and it's all black but you're too afraid to reach your hand out yeah, yeah there's a door handle but there could also be something else right and you don't really trust to reach out into the darkness and maybe you really don't believe a door is there so i would argue that reach out reach out even in the darkness of your lack of understanding and i promise you there is a door and the lord will answer it so i encourage you to take the path of trusting god and, and addressing your doubts knowing god will always be greater and bigger than any doubts that you may have also, God can handle your emotions. Read the Psalms and, and look at the doubts and concerns that David expressed to God. And David is known to be a man after God's own heart. That's why I love the Psalms. They're so vulnerable. They're so honest. Emotional roller coaster that David goes through. So in this particular passage, we're going to look at the three main subjects. The disciples the father this is the father of the boy not god the father but the father of the boy and jesus these three main subjects first we're going to begin with the disciples now the disciples who have been following jesus for some time are having trouble with this demon they have been given the authority to cast out demons in matthew chapter 10 verse 1 and but this particular one isn't leaving at the disciples commands this is quite puzzling to the disciples and, and probably embarrassing as well. You, you can imagine that the disciples are even beginning to doubt their abilities to make a difference. Even though they, they personally follow Jesus day after day. In this particular scene, Jesus is just coming down from the mountain from 
transfiguration, right? So Jesus is coming down with three other disciples. And, 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 and he can imagine when Jesus walks up on the scenes and the disciples are just puzzled and confused. Because they are the ones who knew Jesus more than anyone else. They should be the ones who can handle this, right? The disciples are, are, are the ones that, in this instant, the people had trusted. Which brings us next to the father. The father of the boy who had an impure spirit, a demon. Now the father had been dealing with this impure spirit in his boy for some time. Since childhood, he said. He had been seeking help and, and found the disciples, those who he believed could make a difference because they were followers of Jesus. And they had the closest contact with Jesus. But you can imagine that his doubts grew larger when he realized that Jesus' disciples couldn't even cast out the demon either. This hints, hints, hence why it led up to when he met Jesus, he said, if you can. Because if Jesus' disciples couldn't help his son, then, then perhaps Jesus couldn't either. Again, imagine this father dealing with his child's struggles since childhood. And he finally finds the people that perhaps, maybe, can give him that hope to cast out this impure spirit and, and they couldn't do it. And of course this leads us to our last main subject. This leads us to Jesus. Now we have a little bit, a bit more of an understanding as to why Jesus said, you unbelieving generation. And, and Jesus here shows kind of a, a, a frustration here. You have the disciples, because his disciples, nor the Father, truly believed in him. In this, in this situation with this impure spirit, neither one of them were showing the faith that Christ desires. Now, we're going to look at three, three things that we can learn from Jesus in his response to them. Three things that we can learn from Jesus' response um, to the disciples and to the Father. First, Jesus responds to his disciples in private at the end of this passage. He says, um, this kind of spirit can only come out by prayer. Now, sometimes, sometimes as followers of Christ, we, we can be guilty of being just like the disciples. Meaning, when we face difficult problems, we, we believe we can handle every problem through our own strength. That we don't need to call on God for this one. We got it. We got this, right? As Christians, we can be just like the disciples who are followers of Christ. And that's what it means to be a Christian. It means to be a follower of Christ. And sometimes we think we, we can do it in our own strength. We, we don't need to call on God. And when we face a problem that we can't overcome, we need to remember the words of Jesus here that only through prayer will we be able to overcome it. And really, when you look at all the problems we face in life, we should be calling on God in prayer regardless. And I would argue that prayer is more than just coming to God with problems. Prayer is about building an intimate communication and relationship with God. Just like for those of you who may have spouses or, or friendships, 
You don't talk to them just to get something from them. Hopefully not. You, you talk to them because you enjoy their presence. And that is what prayer is. And really, when uh, prayer, if we use it to overcome our problems, think about how much more we can learn and mature if we involve God in all the things we are facing. Because we will face demon-like problems. We will face problems that will test our faith. And only with a renewed connection with God through prayer will we overcome it. We will face challenges. We will face the testing of our, of our faith. And we will face demon-like problems. And again, only through a renewed connection with God through prayer can we overcome it. And then finally, we look at the second thing that Jesus says is responding to the father, the father of this boy. He said, if you can, right? If you can. This comes at a point, there comes a point in everyone's life when we are like this father, right? When we... When we pray, we, we pray with, with, with this sense of doubt and we pray our problems to God. But at the same time, in the back of our mind, our attitude, we're said, if you can, God, if you can. We may pray the prayer and pray our prayers, but behind it is this overwhelming sense of doubt. If God can really make a difference. Then Jesus, Jesus response is that everything is possible for the one who believes. This isn't to say that we get anything and everything we pray for, but it is true that God will act. Whether his response is to our liking is something else, but God, but with God, anything is possible when we believe he actually can make a difference in our life situations. Now I'll say that again. Anything is possible when we believe that God can actually make a difference in our life situations. If we're having a demon-like struggle, okay, if we're having this insurmountable struggle in our life, it is absolutely possible for God to overcome that through his power. You must believe that. Do you believe that? Of course, we all respond like the Father. Help me overcome my unbelief, right? The Christian faith is a struggle, and it's not easy. We don't always see the things that that we that we need to see, right? Jesus isn't physically right there in front of us, right? Because we live by we don't live by sight, right? As Paul would say. Listen. We all have unbelief lurking in our faith walk somewhere. We all have unbelief lurking somewhere. And sometimes it takes certain situations or circumstances to bring it to the surface. And in this case, we should be thankful and use those, use those situations to strengthen our faith, right? Because we do have unbelief lurking somewhere. And again, those certain situations and circumstances bring it to the surface. And this is where we need to take the opportunity to strengthen our faith, our trust in God. Overcoming our unbelief is, is a lifelong endeavor, and it, and it brings us nearer and nearer to God. 
You see, when the father reached a situation that caused him to doubt, he first returned to the foundation of his, of his belief. He says, I do believe, but help me in my unbelief, right? In other words, when we come to our doubts, we gotta, re we gotta return back to the foundations of our faith. Christ's love, his presence, Christ's life, death, and resurrection, right? Listen, when I see a cross, when I see any cross, I do not doubt God's love for me. Because at the cross, you see this innocent man dying for my sins out of love, right? If anything, when you're struggling, look to the cross and remember. And not only the cross, but look to the empty tomb. There's a reason why there's no one on that cross. Because he has risen. And when you are standing on those foundations, then ask the Lord for help. You ask him, Lord, help me with the other things I am struggling with. I don't doubt your love for me. I don't doubt your forgiveness. I don't doubt that you are alive in the presence of the Lord. Help me overcome these struggles, right? Because again, faith is, unbelief is lurking in all of our faith. But use this as an opportunity to grow stronger in a walk with God. And then finally, the third and final thing, faith is key. I have mentioned it several times already. Do we trust God enough with our life challenges? The demons of our lives that we can't overcome without prayer, do we trust God with those? Do we even pray about it? Do we confess to God to help us with our lack of faith? Or are we like the disciples and we just try to push through anyways? Right? Because we're Christians and, and we go to church every Sunday and we shouldn't have these struggles. We should just be able to push through. The key is faith and trust in God. Trusting God in the midst of our demon-like struggles in life. Even in the midst of our doubts, we must confess to God that we believe and for him to help us overcome our unbelief. He must have faith and trust in the God who loves us, who's with us. So I just pray that this message has been a strength and encouragement for your faith. And again, to remind you that Paul will be back with us next week. And also to remind you that we have an 8.30 parking lot service, 10 o'clock in-person service, and 11.30 in-person service. And 11.30 is also streamed online on the website and on the church's face, Facebook page. Thank you so much for listening. I, again, I pray um, that this podcast has been strength and encouragement for your faith. And also, if you do not know Christ, come to him. He is seeking you with nail-scarred hands. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. Thank you again for listening.